Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. So, I have good news tonight. It's always good news when you share the Bible because it's the gospel. So I love that. But um, so we're going to go get into it. But I had to pray because... God just wanted to give you guys some joy. He wanted to give you joy because whatever we're facing and whatever the world is facing, that there could be always, there's always darkness around us, but we have to know what team we're on and who's fighting for us, who's fighting for you. We're on the winning team, amen? And so that's always a good thing. And uh, so we have joy in the midst of this. So I am pumped. All right, tonight, yes, I want to do ministry time. I brought everything that I can for uh, like a demon stomper. (laughs) I have my red, whatever this is, my red binder. And then I have my keyword study Bible. And I even have another book I'm gonna recommend. It's not a kid book this time. It's like an adult book. So that's exciting. (sighs) So we are prepared people. We're ready to go. All right. So tonight, um, I have a story to share, but it's, an, it, it's, it's powerful, okay? So I don't want to get us down, but I'm going to share some down stuff. But it's powerful, and it's for a reason, and it's for you. It's to empower you to walk through some fire that you might be walking through, but knowing the purification and fire, the, the gold that's on the other side of it. So we're going to go through it. So um, to, the title of my message is, The Divine Reset. The Divine Reset, specifically grieving with God. The Divine Reset, grieving with God. And let me just take some water really quick. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking to it already. Um, (laughs) I got some good coffee, but now I need water. It's like you need both in both hands. But um, so the divine reset, something that is uh, really cool. um, Do you guys remember when Dr. Jim Gallo came and he brought his wife, Rosemary? She's incredible. And she was selling the, uh, the Hebrew calendar. So what's really exciting that's coming up, why I'm also uh, saying buckle up, get ready to go. Um, So this September is going to mark the 50th year in the Hebrew calendar. And when you see a, well, uh, it's a a 50 time frame. I don't think I'm going to explain it right, but it will be marked as the 50th, uh, 50th year and the year of Jubilee which is amazing. And so that is coming up this September. Ironically, 50 years ago, if you look on the calendar, that's when Road vs. Wade first started. And so I really believe that the 50-year mark is coming up and we're gonna see that broken off because that's what the Jubilee does, that we get things set free. And uh, so we're in a new season. So you can feel it. You can feel almost like the, the, birthing, pain, the birthing pains. You can feel stuff moving and rattling. And uh, so the divine reset, I feel that within our church, within our city, and, uh, and globally as well, really, um, the divine reset, re- reset, grieving with God. Okay, so um, a scripture that I've been pondering on lately is Philippians 1.21. 
And it says this, to live is Christ, to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's a really funny story in the Bible because it was basically, um, oh, now I'm losing my memory. Was it Paul or Peter? Paul. And he's just like, you know, I'm here. And I'm, I, I believe it was a time when he was in prison. He's like, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I wish I could die right now and just be with Jesus. But no, I'm going to stay here for you. <laughs> so it's just, to me, no one else is laughing. I thought that was kind of funny. It's just like a moment that he's having. But I was really th- pondering about that verse. It's like, oh, you're already getting kind of dark, at Loren. But uh, to, li- to live is Christ, to die is gain. And uh, when I was talking about going through the, the fire, um, there's th- times in our life that will really um, uh, make us walk through the fire. And it will feel like we're dying to ourselves right? But when we die to ourselves, I know it's a different perspective on this verse, but when we die to ourselves, it's actually a gain and a promotion in our own world. To live is Christ, yes. When you look around, it's almost observing. I see life here and life here. That's all the touch of Christ. That's all Jesus. To die for me, if I was to die, if I was to die to myself, I, I gain a resurrection from Jesus. You, I become a new person. So it's, it's something that I was pondering lately, um, Philippians 121. Um, but today is a special, uh, not special, but it's a day that will always be marked on my calendar because today is the four-year anniversary of the biggest pain that I've ever had in my life. So I'm, I'm trying to not cry. I didn't think I, I would. But it's the four-year anniversary of the biggest grievance, biggest pain, biggest trauma that I ever had. And so when four years ago from today, when that happened, it put me on a trajectory of walking through fire, walking through something I never thought imaginable that I can actually walk through, a pain that I saw other people maybe go through every once in a while, but Never thought it was going to be me. And so uh, walking through fire. So today marks my four-year anniversary um, when my divine reset began through my great loss. And so four years ago, um, I lost my dad. And so I prob- I've talked about this before, but I lost my dad. It was very tragic. It was very random. Um, I was just uh, on the phone with them the night before. We were um, FaceTiming each other. I was FaceTiming him with the boys. They were running around, you know, with this, uh, with this stuffed horse that they got from my parents and having all this fun and um, Anyway, so I was on the phone. Everything's totally fine. And so I never expected to get a call the next day that, um, hey, this tragic thing happened. He passed away. And uh, we never did anything to actually know the reason why. We think it was, you know, this uh, massive heart attack. Um, But he's a very healthy person. He was only 72 years old. And, um, And it was right after my 33rd birthday. I don't know why, I just, I just love being a Christian. When I was 33, when I turned 33, I had this, uh, I was like, oh, Jesus, when he was 33 years old, that's when he died on the cross. I'm going to make this like a Jesus birthday. So then I like served everyone fish and chips. Am, am I weird? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But, but I was like so pumped on my 33rd birthday party that I'm like,
like, I'm getting you guys really good fish, you know? And then I got McDonald's fries because I'm like, those are the best fries that we have in, in San Diego at the time. So that's what I'm going to get. So we had fish and chips by the beach and it was just, you know, I felt like I was, we were one of the disciples, you know, just out there with Jesus <laughs> with the fish. And I, I also remember it was a time too where I randomly did a 40 day fast. It was not a water fast. It was just a Daniel thing, but you know, I was, I did this 40 day fast and now it's my birthday. And now we're going to celebrate with loaves and fish. <laughs> and and so I was just happy as a clam, doing great in life, all happy. And then this happens uh, only a couple weeks later, unexpectedly. And uh, so that was the beginning of my divine reset. So here is when I want to I wanna tell you what I learned through this divine reset. Um, I definitely was a changed person. I am not the same person that I was before at all, completely different. And I thought I was a good person before too. I thought I was pretty awesome, you know, like four years ago. I thought I was great and cool, you know, the loaves and fish thing made me awesome. But um, I am completely transformed a new person. And so I was looking back and I was thinking, due to today being the four-year anniversary on today, what have I learned through walking through the refiner's fire? And if I can give this lesson of my life to you, hopefully it will change in, things inside of you. You won't have to go through a, a, a deep pain, but you can use it to, to outlive a, a transformative life. So I'm going to tell you what happened. <laughs> First, it was um, I received a devoted reset. So point number one is I got a devoted reset. You're probably wondering what that means. I was going back and forth. Should I say a devotion reset, a devotional reset? Here's what it means. Basically, when something so traumatic and so painful, the most painful thing that can ever happen in your world comes to you, um, you can, uh, it's, it's like a, a fire that comes. So let me explain this topic on fire really quick. Um, so a devoted reset. The pain of grieving, it takes you through the fire. So when you go through fire, fire can be do two different things. Fire can either destroy, and it can be really good at destroying, or fire can purify you. That's where gold comes and all the, the good stuff. So when you go through a pain of green, grieving, when you go through that, you go through fire. So you can either let fire destroy you, or you can let it purify you. Let me tell you about hell. <laughs> Revelation 20, 11 through, 5, through 15, it ex explains it as a lake of fire. So when you ex experience pain and trauma so bad, it feels like you're literally in hell. And when you lose somebody to death, death was not an original intent. It's not the way that God designed it. So when you walk through something like that, it's just this thing. It's very painful and it feels like you're literally in hell. And it actually explains hell is a lake of fire. Um, you're away from God's presence. That's in 2 Thessalonians. So when you're in hell, you're away from his presence. When you lose somebody, you lose their presence. That deep loss is very painful. It's like you're going through hell. Um, you are, uh, let's see. 
And, uh, and hell, by the way, was prepared for, for devil and his angels. So it wasn't intended for people. It was intended for devil, the devil and his angels. And that is from Matthew 25, 41. So why am I talking about fire? If you don't have a life devoted to God, or if you don't uh, take your pain to God, um, hell could take over. So you have a choice of which fire are you going to choose. Are you going to, ch- to continue to go through hell or are you going to give your pain to God and let him purify you and refine you? So purify. So let me talk a little bit about God's fire. It's pretty cool. I'm just going to uh, spitball some stuff out to you. But Malachi 3, 2 through 3 talks about him being the refiner's fire. That's where we... We say that verbiage a lot, but it comes out of Malachi 3, verse 2 through 3. It says that he's the launderer's soap. He's the refiner and purifier. He's like a, a blazing fire. So that is, is, is God. And so the Lord also refers to himself as fire. In Exodus 3, 2, the Lord appeared in a blazing fire. The bush was not consumed. Um, Exodus 13, 21, that he was a pillar of fire by night. In 2 Kings 2.11, there was a chariot of fire and horses of fire. Um, Same thing in 2 Kings 6.17, horses and chariots of fire. And so those are representing uh, angels and his kingdom. And uh, Daniel 3.25, there were four men in the fire without harm. Amen. That's what God's fire will do is he won't consume. Um, But the ropes did burn off. So that's awesome. Um, and 1 Corinthians 3, 13, fire will test uh, the quality of man's work, is what it says. Hebrews 12, 29, God is a consuming fire. Revelations 1, 14, his eyes were like flames of fire, which will be so cool to see. Um, Revelation 2, 18, again, eyes like flames of fire, and it's referring to the Son of God. Amen. So in our devotion, what does devotion mean? Devotion is a deep love that we have. Devotion, deep love, loyalty, enthusiasm for a person. It's an act of giving something. It means that you're dedicated. So when I say it was a devoted, a, a devoted or devotion reset, um, it meant that I, I reset my life to run to Jesus. So I had to choose which fire I was gonna go to. Am I gonna experience to continue to experience the fire of hell? Or am I going to run to Jesus, the all-consuming fire that purifies me, that is good for me, and that um, which one are you going to choose? So devotion, reset. Amen. Um, Let me see. I put uh, Titus 1, 7 through 9 in here. So let's go ahead and read that on the big screen. So uh, this is talking about a life devoted, a church leader. So we can all take this. A church leader is a manager of God's household. So he must live a blameless blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest without money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. So that sounds like an awesome person right up there. And I believe that you become really awesome by choosing, am I going to run to Jesus? Am I going to devote myself to him? 
or am I not? And so there's a choice that we have to make. So I'm assuming we are all going to choose a life devoted to Jesus. <laughs> we are running to him. And uh, so that was the first reset that I experienced in that time of, of trauma and pain is a reset to my devotion to God. Um, the devotion then turned to a transformative reset. So that's point number two, a transformative reset. Okay, a transformative reset. James 4, 7 says this. Thank you, big Bible. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When you submit to God, when you run to him, when you choose him over all others, when you de devote and dedicate your life to him, that is you humbling, submitting yourself to God. And what happens in response to that is that the devil will flee from you. And so I began to have this transformative reset. I had things in my life that prior to this great pain, um, I, they were a priority in my life. It was uh, finances. It was the typical stuff. <laughs> it was finances. It was people. It was control. It was all those things that were taking over the real estate of my mind and dictating how I thought and how I lived and the fear that I was under, that was dictating it. But because of this great pain, some perspective perspective shifted. I, I learned, okay, this is actually a priority. I don't care about this stuff anymore. I was complaining about this stuff. I was grumbling and, you know, going on a bitter trail. But then as soon as this happens, everything realigns itself. Um, you know, are you putting God first? Is he your priority? Are you devoted to him? And then naturally your life will be transformed and the devil will flee. So uh, practical things like finances. So this is how crazy I used to be. And this is, you know, now I'm saying I thought that I was a great person, but now I'm realizing not. I, I had like probably 20% crazy. Now I'm only 10% crazy. I'm a normal woman now with 10% crazy, but back then I had probably 20% crazy. And so when it came time to, you know, we talk about finances and things were coming up and we we're going through rough patches with finances. We were, it was a, a long time. And so we would have these conversations and they weren't really conversations. They were arguments all the time. And so we would get mad at each other and fight. We get, like, Matt would never want to talk to me because it's like, as soon as I bring something up, she's going to go, you know, it's the 20% crazy. And, uh, and so then I would just come up with, because of my anxiety and my, you know, like, oh my gosh, everything's not blah, my fear and anxiety. I would make out all these outrageous claims like, well, you know, I think it's time I'm going to sell my wedding ring. I think it's time to sell. It. I'm going to put it on the market. This and, you know, like it's my, my fingers got bigger, so it doesn't fit me anymore. It's time to sell. But no, it's a precious, precious thing. Hello, you don't want to sell your wedding ring, but that's how crazy life began with finances. And so I would be thinking about, okay, well then let's sell this. And we have this furniture. Like I would go along the side of the road and be like, oh, that's a good chair. I could probably resell that on eBay, you know? And it was just, it made me a psycho. And, uh, and so finances, 
identity with a job. I was so concerned about my identity with a job that the job, the title of the job had to give me some satisfaction and it had to fulfill me. It had to make me feel proud of myself and, oh yeah, I'm this person and da, da, da. You know, the identity and it was the fear of man. I was building up my resume. I went to this awesome school in San Diego for design that we're still paying off. But, um, you know, I was really trying to build something for myself. But out of it all was a fear of control. What will people think? And I need to control and make sure we have enough of this. And da, 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 da. Like your life just becomes so much overwhelming and very repelling. People don't really want to hang out with people like that. <laughs> um, but I had that, that uh, control, that fear of man, and I did not have grace. Grace was far removed in my world. I didn't have grace for myself. I didn't have grace for people. But really, because I don't have grace for myself, how could I have grace for other people? So when it talks about loving yourself, do you have love for yourself? Do you have grace for yourself? Do you have margin in your world to be able to to rest and enjoy life and to be able to love on other people. So the transformative reset. Um, so after that happened, I literally got delivered. Thank God for Pastor Mike Connell coming to our church. It was this, again, to me, it's funny. Who knows if you guys will laugh. You're a tough crowd tonight. But uh, I was, uh, I came up and because he was preaching and I was like drawn to go up and he was here for a Sunday and he was here for a, for a Wednesday night. And on Sunday, I went up and the very first thing he said was, spirit of grief, go. And I was like, oh my gosh, he didn't even know my past. He doesn't even know what happened. Anyway, boom, I don't, I'm on the ground. But here's the funny part. Oh, and some people laugh. Don't worry about laughing about that. I told you you had to laugh. But <laughs> I'm making you guys feel bad. Um, Wednesday night comes around. Wednesday night, he's talking about Jezebel. So it was all about Jezebel running rampant in our church or in the world. And, uh, and so I was, he has this wife named Joy who is joyful. She's the most precious, amazing human being, so soft and kind, you know, like you just love her. And uh, so I felt really safe by her. And I, she was standing here and I was up here, like there was an altar call and I'm up there again for some reason, you know, like you just, you got to go. You got to go when the altar calls. And so I'm up there worshiping. And then he was talking about control and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it was time when ministry was, was to happen. And so, you know, I'm just there feeling really good and uh, secure. And then all of a sudden, sweet joy turns around and out of nowhere, she says, and the spirit of Jezebel, get out. And here's the funny part. This is where I went. <laughs> to this day, people tell me, remember when you got delivered from the spirit of Jezebel? Like people can hear it. Like it's like I was here and there were people over here hearing this shriek of, ah! it was, it was embarrassing, but I went down and I truly did get delivered from the spirit of Jezebel and control. Amen. Amen. A transformative life. And, uh, and so ever since then, I was literally 
down for probably 10 minutes just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I couldn't stop saying thank you, Jesus, because that spirit of control just got out. But I, I feel like, you know, there's times where we'll have freedom nights and deliverance nights. And if I didn't have a life devoted to God and I didn't submit my life to him, I don't know if it would be that easy for that shrieky little piglet Jezebel to come out. It was like a pig. It was like a pig shrine. Like, ah! So, amen to a life devoted to a transformative reset. It's very good. Okay, point number three is I had an eternal reset. An eternal reset. In uh, Matthew 6.10, um, it says, Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is what we're called to do. We're called to bring heaven to earth. But I feel like when there was times when I was going through the great pain um, that I felt like, man, do we ever really talk about heaven? We say, we say heaven come down, but do we actually know what heaven is? Do we, do we talk about it? Do we, you know, kind of ponder it? And are we like Paul when we're like, man, I really wish I can be there, but I need to hold off. I need to, you know, we're, I'm here for you guys. <laughs> But do we actually ponder about it? Do we talk about it? Do we think about it? And I just had this eternal reset. And really by having an eternal reset, that is what gave me grace. I was able to have grace for myself because this life isn't just a temporary life. I have an eternal life. I'm gonna be living forever. You guys are gonna be living forever. It's an amazing thing. So everything shifted. It all shifted. So I didn't put so much pressure on myself. I didn't submit to that control because I'm like, man, that stuff is just whatever you know it doesn't even it's like water off a duck's back now and um so your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven um so I dove into two different to two books um one was this imagine heaven this is was my best friend going through uh grieving was imagine heaven and it is by John Burke so Imagine Heaven was a book that I could read overnight and I kept on reading, kept on reading. And it has scriptures and, um, and, and near death experience stories. So this guy um, uh, talked to, it was a thousand people that he talked to, got their near death experience stories. And then he saw similarities between all, all, all of them. And they were from different countries, different uh, cultures, uh, different ages, everything. So things were all different, but then he can saw similarities across the board. And so that's what he keeps, he writes about a lot in Imagine Heaven. So I was just diving into that and it was incredible. The other book is really, 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 really big. It's like this big, just kidding, maybe this, but it's like this. And, uh, and so that is, it's called Heaven and that's by Randy Alcorn. And so that's another book. If you guys know of somebody dealing with grief or if you're going through grief, I encourage you to pick up Imagine Heaven or Heaven by Randy Alcorn. And, uh, and Randy Alcorn, so this is a, uh, Imagine Heaven is a book about, here's all these near-death experiences. So they're ma mainly like testimonies from people. And then he backs it up. Here's this scripture where it talks about this. But Randy Alcorn, he's not really into the near-death experiences. He's like, just give me all Bible. Give me all scripture. And that's who I am. And so um, if you are a scripture only person, Randy Alcorn is the man for you. Um, but I'm just going to uh, just 
tell you a few things about heaven. That is all scriptural, all Bible. Um, in, in heaven, we have redeemed bodies. Some people think that we're just floating around, you know, and just like, woo, little light beams or something, but we have bodies that are redeemed. That's Romans 8, 23. We are uh, in the dwelling place of God and his angels and saints who have died, Revelations 4 um, and 5, also Luke 16 and 22. We have immediate conscience existence after death. And that is proven in Luke 16, 22, Luke 23, 43, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, Revelation 6, 9 through 11, Philippians 1, 23, immediate consciousness. Some people say that, oh, you're just gonna sleep for a while, but these scriptures, uh, scripturally, uh, it doesn't back up that, that idea that you're just gonna sleep. You're gonna go into heaven immediately. Um, heaven is, uh, uh, heaven, Oh, what did I just write? Let's see. <laughs> well, if I can't read it, I'm going to skip it. I'm sorry. I can't even read my own handwriting. Um, but heaven is a city. Um, sometimes we, again, like we have these ideas of heaven, but it's actually a city. Um, it says that we're going to have a new Jerusalem. So there is a city. Hebrews eleven sixteen, Hebrews 12, 22, Hebrews 13, 14, Revelation 21, 12, all about how heaven is a city. And uh, heaven is our country of citizenship. So we are citizens of heaven. Um, when my dad passed away, I felt like, you know, a piece of me actually went to heaven. And um, and I remember driving and going into like an office max or something. And I couldn't believe that I was still on earth because it was, I was very close with my dad and I couldn't believe that he was actually in heaven. He was talking to Jesus, seeing him face to face. And uh, so I felt like me being so close and connected to him that I had this kind of, not outer body, but like I was an alien in this world. I was looking around and it's like, I'm a citizen of heaven. That's where my eternity is. I can't believe that I'm here with you right now. And I actually have the opportunity to talk to you about Jesus this time. And so heaven is a, um, it's a, our country of citizenship. And uh, we, we long for heaven, Hebrews 11. So have you longed for heaven recently? Have you pondered about the goodness of heaven? There's great joy and pleasures in heaven, Psalm 1611. Um, with great joys and pleasures, there's parties. It's gonna be really fun. All the parties that we experience here is nothing. It's just a shadow compared to the parties in heaven. Um, there are things written in heaven. There are books, there, uh, your name is written in books, Luke 10, 20 and Revelation 20, 15. We are reunited with loved ones, which is amazing. That's 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 18. Um, we have a welcoming crew. There's, there'll be a welcoming in heaven when we get there. Um, 2 Peter 1, uh, 11, sorry, I'm seeing somebody. You are so seen and you are so loved. And your dad is in heaven and he's, he's, he's doing really good. And uh, there's communication, there's emotions. 
it's not like we lose our emotions when we get to heaven. We'll have emotions there. Here's a cool thing. There's rewards in heaven um, that talks about rewards in 1 Corinthians 4, 25. We serve God in heaven still. We can still serve in heaven. I believe that there's actually jobs that we get to do in heaven still. We're not just going to be there tooling our thumb and being bored. No, it's an exciting, fun place where we get to serve Revelation 7, 15. And last but not least, out of my whole little thing about what heaven is, is that there's going to be animals there, which is so exciting. I love animals. My dog just had a moment with my duck the other day, and it was precious. We videoed it. So animals, and that's Isaiah 65, 25. So, amen. Are you excited about the animals? You better be. <laughs> they're going to love you. They're, their dogs are going to jump on you and be all pumped. Um, so what? how I want to end is uh, with Matthew 3, verse 11. Matthew 3, 11. Um, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me, meaning Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, and with fire. So, a transformative life. I just want to encourage you and inspire you to look to God and look at His dwelling, look at His kingdom. If we're called to bring heaven to earth, are we actually thinking about the goodness of God, what He's created? He's created the God who created heaven and earth. Do we know the rewards? Do we know the good things that are ahead of us? And I really feel like that will help us put things into perspective and we'll live a transformative life. We're gonna uh, shed off control. We're gonna shed off that Jezebel spirit that likes to control and put fear on people and, uh, and, and shed off any uh, uh, spirit of, of grief. So of course there's a time for grieving and it's good to grieve. Um, the spirit of grief, when people pray over that, which is what, you know, when I had that Mike Connell moment and I got delivered with the squeaking pig. Um, so the spirit of grief is just something that can uh, continue to basically control you, that you can't experience joy anymore. You can't you know, do all these great things. You can't think of a, a great life ahead. All your dreams are are dead, basically. And uh, and so that, that spirit of grief will keep you subdued and quiet, and you just, you're not basically allowed to be yourself. And so getting out from that imprisonment and live a life devoted to God. I talked about pain with death. And so some of you, not all of you could be experiencing death, but also what could be a, a grievance is, a, a, is many different losses. What does grieving mean? It means that you lost something. So maybe you went through miscarriages and you lost something there. Maybe you went through financial um, losses and finances were uh, helping you stay fed. It was helping you get into a home, but you lost your finances and you had to lose your home. And that's something that is very painful that you have to grieve through. Um, maybe you lost a, a, a mom or a dad in your world through a divorce or somebody went through this identity change and then you knew them as one person, but now you lost that person because they're choosing to uh, be somebody that you didn't even uh, have memories with of growing up with, but there's a lot of pain in loss. 
So it's about loss and pain. And then you can even take it back a step uh, further and say, have you lost any dreams? Um, I went through a couple miscarriages before we had Levi and Asher. And, uh, and so after that, it's important to name them. It's important to, to give that to God and, and run to Him. But after that, I was thinking, man, this is really like a, a dream that's been lost. You can see something happening. You can see something forming. And then all of a sudden, it's taken from you. It's stolen from you. You feel and it's gone. And so is there a dream in your world that uh, a dream that you got pregnant with, you felt it growing, but all of a sudden it got snatched from you or stolen or destroyed. And you just feel like, I just can't, I can't see the future. I can't see it. That the destroyer was able to get into your world and kill that dream, destroy that dream. You're going through a little bit of hell, but this is the time tonight where we can turn to Jesus, that we can give our trust back in his hands. We can live for him. And here's the amazing thing. When we look in our, in our past, that, um, that Jesus, when we turn to him, he's able to heal our past. He's able to set us free from past pain. We'll see him, that he is with us, that he's protecting us and that he is for us and that those dreams that he put inside of our hearts that could have gotten stolen, that the enemy tried to steal from you, that that is not his intention, that we can dream again with him and that we can live again a fulfilling life that, that comes from our identity in Jesus, that there are good things ahead. So I'm going to uh, let us stand up and uh, First, I just wanna to offer to anyone out there that when I was talking about heaven, if there's some fear inside of you that um, you know you think, okay, if I was going to, to die suddenly tomorrow, am I for sure and am I certain that, that I have an, an eternal home? Or have you questioned it and you've been through some painful situations? You didn't have a Christian upbringing, but uh, maybe you've gone through some things, but this is the time where Jesus is calling you home. He's looking at you with eyes, eyes blazed of fire, telling you that he loves you, that he is for you, that you are my daughter, you are my son, and welcome home today. So I'm gonna do a bold thing and I'm just gonna count to three. And if you, this is your time that you wanna be uh, Come, come back home. Maybe you've been far from him. Maybe you've accepted him in your life a while back, or maybe you've never accepted the, the good news, the gospel of Jesus, that he died for you. He raised from the dead for you. He went to hell and took the keys, took all, took all authority back in his hands. And if he could do that for the world, he could go back in your history where it's really painful, take the authority back and put it back in his hands and let him reign over your past and over your life and over your future. So on the count of three, um, go ahead and raise your hand if you wanna live a life devoted to him and come to him again. One, two, three. Come on, anyone in this room wanna give their life to Jesus tonight who is uncertain? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Very good. Awesome. Okay, so number two, what I wanna pray for is for people who have experienced losses. 
um, that have been a, a painful, it's been a grievance, it's been a loss. And, uh, and so what I wanna do is have people come forward. I want us to sing a song. Are we good, worship team, to do a song? So as we do worship, I want people to come forward. I'm gonna get off and I'm gonna pray for everyone. But I want the fire from heaven to come back in your world. The, for the refiner's fire to heal pain, to heal those painful situations that I know through God, all things are possible, that you don't have to live a life that is fearful of man, that are, is uh, under control, that when you submit yourself to God and you're gonna see the devil flee off of you. And so I want the Holy Spirit to come into your world and just have a freedom that you're gonna be set free tonight and, and leave this place with joy. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.